you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia. And how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 299 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, going to talk real quick about the A's just beat down of the Texas Rangers in Arlington. That was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and then I'm going to get into, I don't know that I explained my reasoning for why I think that the A's could use a right fielder in a convincing way. So I'm going to do that a little bit in today's episode as well. And then I'm going to tell you another right fielder that I found that the A's could go after that would cost a lot less than the option that I gave you guys last week. And then in the final segment, I'm going to be going over Jed Lowry's slump just a little bit and uh, why I think that he might be due to bust out of that before too long. So uh, that's what we got coming up for you guys today. But before I get into anything, this episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me this week on Thursday at game time. I'm going to be going live for the A's and Rangers at 11 a.m. in the Spotify Green Room app. So Spotify Green Room changing the way we talk sports. Uh, and also make sure to follow the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. And if you have any questions for us, you have like a trade rumor that you want to run by me, go ahead, email us at lockedonathletics at gmail.com. So let's get into this episode real quick. The A's beat the Rangers 13 to 6, and that's the kind of outing that you were hoping for from the Oakland Athletics when they play the Texas Rangers. And uh, if this is any indication, the A's run differential is going to be looking a lot better over the next couple of weeks because there are still eight more games against these Rangers. Something to look forward to. You know, whet your appetite just a little bit. This might have just been the appetizer. We'll see. Uh, I'm feeling very chesty after the A's scored 13 runs in this game. It was a lot of fun to watch. And I know that Cole Irvin gave up some runs in the fifth there. And then uh, Sergio Romo gave up a home run and Jake Diekman gave up a home run. But the A's, I, I know that it was only nine to, you know, four or five or six at that point, but the A's ended up winning this one by seven runs. I'm not terribly worried about the pitching. They were just like, let's get this thing over with because this game lasted forever. Um, also, Sergio Romo dropped his pants. So that's something that happened. <laughs> and Bob Melvin told reporters that will not be happening again. I, I, I feel like Bob Melvin was not happy with that. I n- just from what I've gathered about Sergio Romo, it looks like he was having fun. But uh, with Max Scherzer doing the same thing out of frustration and just, you know, uh, not liking what Joe Girardi was doing in Philadelphia, you could see that how that could be construed by just watching the video. Sergio Romo seems like a much nicer guy. Also, he had just given up, uh, you know, a run in his appearance. So uh, after I talked so nicely about him yesterday, so who among us would not have dropped their pants in that situation is all I'm saying. Um, I probably wouldn't have, but... <laughs> Who's to say? Um, I also really want to thank the Texas Rangers for this game 
for starting Taylor Hearn and Brett DeGoose. I had the, uh, I, I think I'm, I think I'm saying that right. That's what it looks like. D E G E U S DeGoose. Um, I had the volume on very, very quiet. We were doing errands and stuff. So he was not on the mound for very long as I was watching, but uh, those two guys combined in the first two innings of the game for two innings, five hits, four walks and seven earned runs. Thank you to them. And the guy who had been the scheduled starter for the game, Jordan Lyles, he ended up going six innings, five hits, and giving up two earned runs. That would have been a much different game if the A's didn't jump out to any in just an enormous lead, a nine to nothing lead immediately. So uh, a big thank you to the decision makers in Texas for allowing that one to happen. That was very nice. But uh, what I want to do for the rest of this segment, you know, obviously they scored a bunch of runs. Everybody was good. Ramon Laureano had three hits. Um, Elvis Andrews, obviously the patron saint of this podcast. He had three hits. He, he's fantastic. Um, also, let me know if you think that the A's still need Trevor Story because Elvis Andrews is doing it right now. And I know that the A's haven't been facing like, you know, quote unquote, good teams, but he's doing it against all comers. And uh, I think that I'm okay with him right now. So uh, if you still think that the A's could use Trevor Story, hit me up at Locked on A's on Twitter and let me know why, because I'm, I'm kind of in the, we don't need them anymore. Let's use those resources in another facet kind of camp. So uh, let me know where you guys stand on that. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about right field. I talked about this a little bit last week in my trade preview or my trade deadline preview episode, and was just going over uh, three positions that I thought that the A's could use an upgrade, like backup catcher and uh, a right fielder obviously, and then also uh, uh, relievers. Uh, the A's could still use relievers, but the reason that I talked about right field, and I don't know that I made this one clear because I've been getting people being like, oh yeah, we need this and this. And I'm like, well, if you go after a right fielder, here's my reason. You go after a right fielder and I have kind of become fixated on Joey Gallo. That's not the guy that I'm going to talk about in the next segment, but uh, Joey Gallo, let's use him as the example since he is the one that I've thrown out for you guys before. Joey Gallo is very, very good against right-handed pitching because he's a left-handed bat. Good power numbers, good on-base numbers. He he does the job against righties, but he's also fairly decent against left-handed uh, pitchers as well. So for that reason, I, I think that you could play him and platoon him with Stephen Piscotty if Piscotty's doing okay. You could either have him be the everyday right fielder, or you could still platoon him with Stephen Piscotty if he is okay. And then that frees up Tony Kemp and Chad Pender to play less in the outfield unless you really want them to. Uh, and play more at second base where Jed Lowry has been struggling a little bit more um, and just play the hot hand at second base. And I think that that, or, you know, play the matchups at least, uh, you know, obviously Jed Lowry is a switch hitter, so you can do whatever you want to there, but maybe he becomes more of a bench bat where he gets that big hit in a big situation because he can match up with whichever side. Uh, if they bring in a, uh, another pitcher from the other side, flip them around. Sure. Whatever. That's fine. But uh, I think that that would provide the A's with a little bit extra depth at second base, which is another potential problem area where, I mean, the A's could go get like Adam Frazier, but the Pirates are going to be asking for the moon for him because he's really good. And uh, I think that Joey Gallo is a more feared bat than Adam Frazier at this point. Does he strike out a whole bunch? Yes, but I think that if you're going to keep going with Elvis Andrews, then you can't necessarily have an Adam Frazier in the lineup as well. You need as many bats that can hit quick runs as, as possible in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, obviously you, you want to keep the, the the momentum going. You get a bunch of hits in a row, but how often does that actually work? The Astros are good at that, but they're the only team because they do not strike out. And the A's have already built their, their you know, 
their roster right now. So they are working within what they already have. So they cannot go out and build an Astros lineup or anything like that. So they have to look for those big hits when they can get them. And I think that Joey Gallo is one of those guys that they can do that. And if Joey Gallo is splitting time with Steven Piscotty in right field, then obviously you got Canna and Laureano in uh, left and center. So that's fine. That's fantastic. I like that a lot. And then you could also use Joey Gallo on, you know, He's an everyday player. You want to use him every day. And I know that he's also a lefty bat, but uh, Mitch Moreland plays only against righties. You could play Joey Gallo against left-handed pitchers as the DH and then get a bump at DH as well. So you're getting an upgrade at right field, second base, and DH if everybody stays healthy and is you know playing to their pl- platoon splits and all that stuff. So that's why I think you go after a right fielder. And I don't know that I made that entirely clear as to my that was my reasoning for going after a right fielder in last week's episode. So I just wanted to run through that real quick as a precursor to I've got another guys for the A's to go after. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll tell you who it is. This episode is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room app. Spotify Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can chat with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting rooms for Locked On A's once a week, and yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Spotify Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about baseball. You'll find fans just like you on the Spotify Green Room app for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. So be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a room on Thursday at game time for the A's. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So go download the free Spotify Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at by Jason B to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to go live this week on Thursday at 11 a.m. I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the A, so I'll see you guys there. Spotify Green Room changing the way we talk sports. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. And Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. And Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. And you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. That's W E A L T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started today. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Uh, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. And if you have any trade proposals or just questions about the show, uh, you can feel free to email us at lockedonathletics at gmail.com. So I'm not going to drag this one out. The guy that I saw who is currently hurt, but would also be an intriguing ad in right field for the A's, very familiar name to A's fans, and that is Cole Calhoun. 
He has been a thorn in the side for so many years as a member of the Angels. He is currently on the IL with the Diamondbacks. And I'll give you the stats here in a second. I want to give you the, the bad stuff first. The bad stuff is he's been on the IL twice this year and uh, has been on the IL most of this season, to be quite honest with you. He's had a left hamstring strain. There you go. That Say that five times fast. Left hamstring strain. There we go. That nailed that one. Uh, that is what he's been on the IL with. He also recently had surgery for that. He is on the IL for the 60-day the IL. So uh, he has about three weeks. I, I think it's right after the All-Star break is when he can return to the Diamondbacks, which is not a lot of time to see what he's got, but he would be a very nice shot in the dark candidate. Uh, maybe he could be the the fourth outfielder for the A's, just be a nice bat off the bench. Um, and the reason I say that is because uh, the he he's he's good. He's one a, a veteran. He's solid. I like that. Um, and I think that this is the kind of year that where you go and add veterans. You're not going to be going and finding you know Cattell Marte. Could be available, and if he is available, go get him because he's fantastic, and I really would like to see Cattell Marte, but he's also a very long-term guy um, where he's got team-friendly contracts for the next like three or four years, and I don't know that that's necessarily what the A's are thinking about right now, so they might be tearing it down before in the next couple of years. We don't know, but Cole Calhoun, the A's would have him for this year, and then he also has a $9 million team option for next year, which I'm assuming that the A's would decline, and that would be a $2 million buyout, so if the A's ate the buyout in this trade or, you know, made it in, worked it into the trade itself, uh, then the A's or, you know, maybe the Diamondbacks actually eat that so that the A's don't have to cut bait on anything and it cost them a slightly better prospect. But given the amount of production that the Diamondbacks have gotten out of Cole Calhoun and how injured he has been and where the Arizona Diamondbacks are in their competitive win cycle right now, they're not going to be competitive next year. So Cole Calhoun, if somebody wants him, they will trade him for nothing. So he could be a very nice, low-cost, high-potential upgrade for the A's in right field. Obviously, you're taking a little bit of a gamble because he has not played very much this season at all. So I'm, I've, gone, I've gone back over the last three years since 2019, then the 2020 shortened season, and now 2021. What are his stats? Uh, he's been pretty good against righties, which is what I want to see. He's got a 240 batting average. You can kind of throw that out, batting average, whatever. Uh, he's got a 336 on base, which is pretty solid. He has a 116 WRC plus and an 832 OPS. So he's at least league average on OPS. He's a little bit above league average. Well, he's above league average on both. Uh, I was being modest. 832, usually OPS is like 780, something like that. So he's 50 points above on OPS. He's got 16 points on WRC+. And he's also been a league average bat against left-handed pitchers as well in that same span. So he can do it against both sides. He could be that DH option if you want him to be. I don't know if you do, but he would be same thing with you know uh, Joey Gallo, as I mentioned in the first segment. He could be that kind of a guy. But the thing that I like the most about him, I was looking for guys that have hit the Astros really well. And as I was going through Stathead on Baseball Reference, I remembered, oh yeah, he crushes the Astros. He is a thorn in their side, and that is something that the A's could use right now. Obviously, the A's have some pretty good overall stats against the Astros because they've played them so many times. You got Olsen and Chapman have hit the most home runs against the Astros in that span just because... Yeah, they they played them a whole bunch. Uh, Olsen has 11, Chapman has 8. But then Calhoun is in third place, even though he's played 10 fewer games against the Astros, and he has 7. 
He destroyed the Astros last season, and I would like to see that continue for just a little bit longer. His stat line against the Astros, uh, he is 28 for 90, which is not bad by any stretch. That's a 311 batting average. He's hit seven home runs. He has six doubles, 17 runs batted in, that 311 batting average, a 374 on base, a 611 slugging, and a 985 OPS. Uh, he almost has a one dot, as they like to say, against the Astros, and that is a bat that you want in your lineup if you're trying to take the AL West from them or, you know, keep them at bay if you already have the lead. But right now, the A's are a game back in the AL West, so you want to take the AL West from them, and I think that he could be a very nice addition for the A's. Obviously, he's good against other teams, too, but against the Houston Astros, it looks like the A's may have to win some of those games now because uh, they're down a game and you can't just lose all of those and then just hope to make them up somewhere else. You gotta beat the Astros either in the regular season or in the playoffs. And uh, Cole Calhoun, nice veteran presence. Uh, I don't know how he is as a clubhouse guy. We'd see, I guess. He looks a little fiery. He looks like a fiery guy. He could be fun. But at the same time, uh, does it matter if he goes out and just kicks the Astros butts? Uh, I am fine with whatever the hell else he does. Uh, and he could be the A's best chance right now. Uh, him, Joey Gallo would be a nice, you know, this year and next year bat could be a nice big power bat, but Cole, Cole Calhoun does a little bit of everything against the Astros, and I kind of enjoy that. And obviously, I've been focusing focusing a lot on uh, right fielders. They, the A's could go after like another center fielder. Cattell Marte is generally a center fielder, but if you play center, you can play the corners too. Um, and you could find another center fielder, move Ramon to right if you want to. I would prefer to probably just leave him in center just because he's been fantastic there and he knows the the lay of the land and putting dropping somebody else from another team into uh, you know the A's Coliseum and all that stuff uh, just seems like it's a recipe for trouble if you get later into the season. Um, so yeah, I, I've been sticking with right fielders. I think that these two guys, Joey Gallo and Cole Calhoun are kind of the guys that I'm fixated on right now. Uh, I, I will give anybody a fair shot as long as they can beat up on the Astros. That's all that I'm really looking for right now. And also, uh, being good against right-handed pitching. Those are my two, my two things or just good overall. If, uh, Steven Biscotti's hand specialist and, uh, if that cortisone shot does not work. So that's what I'm looking for right now. Those are my two guys. If you got a different option, let me know and do not say Nelson Cruz because he already blew a, ser a world series for the Texas Rangers. And, uh, I am not throwing him in right field for all of the marbles. Uh, so that is not happening. I think that he'd be, uh, I, he's Nelson Cruz has been a very popular person in the mentions at lockdown A's, and he is a very good bet. I would like to have him on this team. I don't know where you put him because he's got to be the DH and you got Mitch Moreland over there, you know, half the time. And uh, Moreland's been above league average. He's been pretty decent against uh, right-handed batter or right-handed pitchers. So I don't know what you do because you can't trade Mitch Moreland, I would assume, because unless like the Red Sox want him as like a bench bat. I don't know. Maybe they want him at first base, but there's not a lot of contenders that would go out there and tra trade you know, anything of value for Mitch Moreland. So would you be better without Mitch Moreland in that case? I don't know. Uh, and then there's no people that are out of the blabs are not trading for Mitch Moreland. He's on a one-year deal. Why would you trade for Mitch Moreland? That doesn't make any sense. So I don't know if there's a role for both these guys on the team. If the A's can make it work, go, go for it. Trade Mitch Moreland to Boston. See what he does over there. Get like a rookie level pitcher in, in return. Uh, let's say low A. I don't know that rookie level exists anymore. So a low A pitcher just in case. Um, and yeah, do what you can. But uh, I would like to see a Nelson Cruz. 
but not in the field. I want him to be the DH for the A's because he could go lefty-righty as well. So uh, that's where I'm at right now. But coming up on the show, I am talking about Jed Lowry and his slump and why I think he might be due for a turnaround. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar in the galaxy, and that is Built Bar, my friends. Built Bar is amazing. They have nine delicious flavors of protein bars, plus the occasional limited time flavor. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, it is hard to go over just not blurting out your favorite bar. For me, it's always the coconut brownie chunk. That thing is absolutely delicious, but it's not there all the time. It's one of those limited time flavors that they get you with. So I am always on their website seeing if it's coming back when it, any update, any crumb of that coconut brownie chunk that I can get, I want more of them built bar. But if that's not, if your favorite's not available, they still have their nine usual flavors like coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry is one that I've heard a lot of people like that. It's one of my favorites. It's not my absolute favorite, but it is definitely in the running. So if you want to find out your next favorite, if you have, you know, a limited time flavor that you like, like me, and you need to get your fix on some built bars, you can go over there and get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And the only way you can do that is by going to builtbar.com. And if you do go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, the NHL, and all of your UFC or MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And if you're going before the first pitch of this A's game against the Rangers, the A's are getting one and a half runs on the BetOnline line, and the over-under is set at nine for James Caprillion and Mike Fultinevich. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, the A's went over by themselves on Tuesday. So I I would say bet the over. I haven't done any research. Go with the over when the A's are playing the Rangers and uh, helping boost that run differential. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams continue their runs in the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. And that is why everybody says the bet online or your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, uh, there's another show that you may also enjoy, and that is the Locked On Today podcast, where today they're asking, how did the Clippers let the Suns do that? There was an inbound alley-oop for the game-winning points. That two, it was a two-pointer, obviously, with six-tenths of a second left that the... I don't know. They're going to talk about it. I don't know how to explain it. I saw the highlights. It was amazing. So get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You can also follow the Locked On A's podcast on all of those same places. And you can follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. Uh, emails, any questions that you got to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So I want to talk about Jed Lowry because... 
he's been struggling for a while. And so I looked at some stats and I was like, hey, maybe, maybe he's going to come out of it. Let's see. So I just wanted to present the stats and say, hey, if he if he breaks out, then it was obviously the things that I said at the time that I said them. And uh, that's that's just science right there, you guys. So let's get into it. Uh, I'm just going to go over the plate appearances. I'm going I'm to go through uh, month by month, uh, just running down and it's April, May, June. I'm just going to keep going April, May, June. So in April, hundred plate appearances, May, 105 plate appearances, June, 63 plate appearances. So he has not played nearly as much in June just because the month isn't over yet. And also he's been getting slightly less playing time because he hasn't been quite as hot. Um, and so I'm just going to go run down one more time. We got average 244 in April, 245 in May, 218 in June on base 320 in April 324 in May 317 in June so if you're going by on base he's not that much different right now but the thing that has changed dramatically from April when he was ha- when he had a 731 OPS when that was like roughly league average because nobody could hit anything um yeah he had a 731 in April a 686 in May so it dropped down a little bit more you know that happens sometimes but right now in June it is at 608 which is not quite as good and the big culprit right there is he's not hitting doubles you guys uh he went 68 and 1 so he has one double in the month of June, not fantastic. But if you look over at his baseball savant page, there's a lot of red on that baseball savant page, which is what you want to see. Only defense and sprint speed are the only two things that don't have at least a little bit of a hue of red. So he's been at least in the 50th percentile or above. His chase rate is like in the 98th percentile, so he does not chase balls. He's been pretty good. And he has the same hard hit rate and exit velocity this season as Justin Turner, who is widely regarded as a very, very good baseball player. So he's been pretty good on the season. It's just, I think that it was a little bit front-loaded in April and May, and in June he's tapering off a little bit, but he's still been pretty decent. And I do want to mention just real quick that his expected batting average on the season is 268, but he is only hitting 238. Uh, I did not incorporate last night's uh, statistics into all this stuff, so I apologize. It's one day outdated, but the point remains the same. I stayed up very late on, uh, I guess, Tuesday morning, technically, and I found us a right fielder in Cole Calhoun, and I was looking at Jeb Lowry slump. So um, that's what I do after the world goes to bed as I fix the Oakland days. It's it's just part of my charm. Um, but I also want to go into uh, his batting average on off-speed pitches is where he's getting killed right now. And his batting average on off-speed pitches, he's 6 for 42, is 163. Actually, I think it's 7 for 43 after... Uh, Monday's hit. Uh, doesn't matter. He, he's hitting 163. That is correct. He's hitting 163 against off-speed pitches this season, and his expected batting average on off-speed pitches is 266. So he's hitting a full 100 points below on off-speed pitches, which means he's either getting shifted extremely well or he's running into some bad luck. He's hitting the ball fairly well, which is how you get those expected stats because uh, you go with you know launch, launch angle and hard hit and all that stuff, and that's how they determine the expected stats. I think that he's been running into a little bit of bad luck on those, on those off-speed pitches, but it's also a little bit with his launch angle, which has been 8 degrees, which... It's not terrible. It's not, you know, great. Obviously, you want it to be 
at, le at least 15 degrees to get that optimum launch angle to be driving the ball. So if he can fix that launch angle on off-speed pitches, I think that everything's going to be A-OK -okay with Jed Lowry. Uh, he did have one hit in Monday's game on a changeup, which is, in fact, an off-speed pitch. He hit that one 91.6 miles per hour, which is above his, uh, his season average. I think his season average was like 88.9 miles per hour as an exit velocity on off-speed pitches. And he hit that one at 17 degrees. So that is a plus. Um, and his last double, though, was on June 4th. So he needs to get going with these extra base hits. His last extra base hit was on June 10th, and that was a home run. He has two extra base hits in this month in 55 at-bats. Uh, he, he's got to do a little bit more in that regard to kind of get rid of some of the, the rumors and, you know, people being kind of tired of Jed Lowry. If he gets a couple more doubles a month, then I think that he's doing okay. His on base is there. Uh, his OPS is not because he's not getting in those doubles. And, you know, a home run every now and then definitely doesn't hurt. And then the last thing that I got on this, and I, I know I'm just presenting the stats and I'm saying, do what you make your opinions off this, what you will. But uh, against lefties, he is hitting 282 with a 339 on base and a 718 on base or uh, OPS. I apologize. And then against righties, he's hitting 206 with a 308 and 661. So he has been much, much better against left-handed pitching. And uh, maybe they look into just being having him be a platoon guy, which if the A's go and get that right fielder that I was talking about in the last segment, uh, that would mean that Tony Kemp and Chad Pender are getting more time at second base and Chad Pender, you probably want to face him a little bit more against left-handed pitching. So that would eat into some of his playing time. Chad Pender has been struggling a lot lately, but he is also a very, very good player. So I'm not sure what you do in that regard necessarily. Maybe you have Jed Lowry be the DH, you know, keep, cause he's, He's a little bit older. He's going to be getting a little bit more tired just because uh, his body has not played the last two years. So this is all brand new. He's going to get a little bit more tired than some of these other guys. Um, and then maybe you have uh, Chad Pender take over against left-handed pitching at second base. Uh, he's also a better defender. So it's some, just an option to consider. Uh, if he is fixed right field, it it puts a lot of other things right there where you kind of want to see him. So uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. But Jed Lowry... I think that if he gets some extra luck is all that he really needs right now. And fix that launch angle against off-speed pitches. Um, but those are the two things. If he fixes those things, he's going to be looking just fine, I think. Uh, and, you know, recapture what we saw in both April and May. If you see Lowry start hitting some doubles, then uh, he's back, my friends. And uh, I haven't used the Vampire Jed in a while, and I would really like to do that. But... Uh, he, he stopped doing it and it's probably because I called him out, but, um, maybe me calling him out in a less vampire-esque way will in fact, um, you know, spurn a hot streak for Jed Lowry. But, uh, anyways, that is all that I got for you guys today. Tomorrow is episode 300 and I got nothing special planned. I sent out some feelers, didn't get any bites. Uh, so that stinks. So you are getting a regular ass episode and I will say the number 300 a couple times and that'll be fun, but it's a fun personal milestone. It means nothing for you guys. It's fine. <laughs> um, but then on Friday episode, on Friday's episode for episode 301, I am planning on talking to Ben Kaspik of 
Locked on Giants. That'll be lots of fun because uh, A's and Giants got a nice weekend series and we're going to be trading barbs and hopefully nobody gets hurt. So uh, that's what's coming up for the rest of the week. You got a regular episode and then uh, just a bunch of headshots from Ben and myself going one-on-one for the A's and Giants crossover. So that'll be a lot of fun. Make sure that you guys subscribe so you guys don't miss those episodes. And also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify green room app. Uh, but that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.